Welcome and thank you for joining us. At Worship Harvest, we believe that we are a movement of the gospel, discipleship and mission. And we are committed to catalyzing spiritual, social and economic renewal in our immediate communities and as a result, the world. Here is this week's teaching. Now I'm going to ask you to do something that we don't usually do. I'm going to ask you to stand together on your feet right now. And let us welcome Pastor James. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated, please. Uh, today, uh, when we are worshiping, one of the things I enjoyed most is that you can worship so deeply even when your voice doesn't hit the notes well. <laughs> I, I was like, God, you are so great. <laughs> I so enjoy worship. Amen. Uh, tonight I came along with friends of mine, good friends. Uh, and both of them are pastors. Uh, and I'm going to ask Pastor Charles to stand and wave to you. And then I'm going to ask Pastor James also to stand and wave to you. I don't know where Robert is seated, but Robert, that was so encouraging back there. You know, when we, I mean, passion and, 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 and zeal it's crazy because when we went to Gulu, it was in 1996, it was 1994, and uh, Kony was everywhere. I mean, I remember us going in the neighborhood where he had just burnt up houses, and we were knocking on doors <laughs> and so winning. But uh, reminding me of that story, actually, I woke up one day and decided to preach to the bush and the trees. And because we are in Gulu, I requested for an interpreter. And some of you know Pastor Ben Ochola. Have you heard about him? He was my interpreter for one hour, preaching to nothing, and just preaching the gospel message. And I don't think I knew the gospel the way I do now. I don't know what I preached. But listen to this bit that Robert never told you. When I made an altar call, a lady who was carrying a basket on her head jumped out of the grass and gave her life to Jesus. <laughs> True story. And I was like, I've been listening to the whole one and I've been so convicted. That was a sign and a half, wasn't it? So those, those days. And uh, amazing that every one of the things that we dreamt about has become a reality. Whether it's souls, whether it's nations, whether it's miracles, everything has become a reality today. So we thank God. I want you to tell your neighbor, keep on dreaming. Everything is going to come to pass. Raise your hands above your head. 
Father, tonight we come to you. We ask that your word will come to us. We ask that you open us up, body, spirit, and soul, that your word may enter. Father, we ask that you unfold the power of your word to affect every facet of our existence. We ask that we will not be the same again. We ask that you open our eyes, that we may behold Jesus. Cause us to fall in love with him again, that we may serve him for the rest of our days. And everybody say amen. amen. Now, when you poise and position yourself to seek the face of God, you must have a strong cause. A strong cause. And there are many things that the Lord will do in your life when you seek him. Yesterday I mentioned that we seek the Lord because particular houses, particular spiritual families are invited by God in particular seasons. There are seasons for every church where God invites his children of that particular house that in this season I want you to be in my presence. But I also believe that we seek the Lord because of the things he's going to deliver us out of. How many of you know we have a real enemy? And every year we enter into their traps, he says. And as we pray, the Lord removes and detonates those different things that the enemy has set in our path. Many of the believers I know Rarely give thanks God for the things he's delivered them out of. But understand because God is merciful. Every ill thing that the enemy plans against you. It never happens to you. Because the Lord goes ahead of you to save you from that. I also believe that we seek the Lord. I don't have time for this. But we seek the Lord that we may have his realm open to us. Remember the words of Job in Job 23, I guess, and verses number 8 to 10. He says, I go forward and he's not there. On my left and on my right where he's walking from, I don't perceive him. And then I guess it's in verses number 10. He said that, but after he has tried me, he, he says, he knows the way that I, I take. And then he says, after he has tried me, I'll come out like fine gold. Meaning that at times you have a lot of God you don't sense. At times you have a lot of God you don't see. At times you have a lot of God's goodness around you. You are not capable of tapping into. So when you seek God, what happens? The realm of God opens up to you. And you are able to access, to tap, to utilize, to easily follow. Because that realm that has always been with you has opened up. Have you read about Jacob? He has only one stick in life. He doesn't even have a pillow. He uses a stone. And God reveals himself and he works out and says, I did not know that God is in this place. Your Bible never says, he said, I did not know that God has come in this place. He said, I did not know that God is in this place. And he says, this is none other but the gate of heaven. So God was always there and already there, but he never sensed him. We live in fear whenever the realm of God is not opened to us. Are you still following me? But there is one other strong reason I want to share about tonight. The reason we seek God is that we may enter the things prepared for us. 
the things prepared for us. That's what I want to deliberate upon tonight. First Corinthians chapter 2 and verses number 9 to 10. First Corinthians chapter 2 verses number 9 to 10. It says, but as it is written, what no eye has seen, no ear heard, no heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. He says, these things God has revealed to us through the spirit. For the spirit searches everything, even the depths. Another version said the deep things of God. I want you to notice that in verses number nine, he talks about the things God has prepared. Eh? Yeah, it's there. God has prepared. Thank you for putting up that version. That's the one I'm using all the way. God, the things that God has prepared. I want you to set your heart this year 2019 that you are going to walk into the fullness of everything God has prepared. That your family is going to walk into the fullness of everything God has prepared. Some of you know that I don't, I don't look this way alone. We are two. <laughs> it's my big brother older than me by five minutes. But the way we grew up was interesting. It wasn't by faith because we were not saved yet. But we are, you know, struggling. We didn't have anything in life. And I remember going to school and school didn't mean much. I was very clever in nursery school. Because everybody has a chance there, isn't it? Then I don't know what happened to me in primary three. My brain just shut down. But because I had a twin brother. True story. Whenever they promoted him, they had to promote me. Serious. Chamogo Primary School. My brain comes back to me and comes alive in 1982 when we give our lives to Jesus. Something left my brain and I began to understand everything. But you know, last time when I picked my daughter from school and I looked at her report, she's doing 15 subjects and she had D1 in 14. D1 in 14. And I was like, is this even possible in our clan? <laughs> Turn your neighbor and say the things prepared. I believe this young lady, 13 years old, going to Gayaza High School, she's just walking into the things prepared. Long prepared. Some of the things we missed myself and her uncle. 
and she's just walking into them. The things prepared. We have bound all the demons. We have dealt with every witchcraft. And she's just walking into the things prepared. I want to set an Old Testament precedent. And you're going to see in this scripture, God allowing his children to walk into the fullness and the reality of the things that he had prepared. Exodus 23 and verses 20. Exodus 23 and verses 20 says, Behold, I send an angel before you to guard you on the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared. I'm sending an angel before you to do two things. One is going to guard you on the way. That nothing goes wrong. That nothing destroys your life before time. That it permits you no diversion from the path of realization that God has set up for you. He will guard you on the way. And then he says, number two, he's going to bring you into the place that are prepared. I'm teaching scripture. But I want you to receive this prophetic word that in 2019, your family is about to be brought into the place that God has prepared. 2019, worship harvest. You're about to enter that place, the reality of that place that God has prepared. And you have to use scripture to understand exactly what God was meaning in this scripture. So go quickly to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verses number 10 to 12. Deuteronomy 6, number 10 to 12. And when the Lord your God brings you into the land that he has sworn to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to give you with great and good cities that you did not build, houses full of good things that you did not fill, Cisterns that you did not dig. Vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. And when you eat and are full, then take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. How many of you received that word on houses? That word on houses. None that he, he stole my notes. But we tapped into the same spirit. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? But notice in the scripture. That by the time they enter this God prepared territory. Everything is ready. Everything is ready. Because he is a God that prepares ahead of time. Great and good cities were ready. They never built them. They were built. We see houses are already full of good things. They never filled them. But God ensured that they are filled. We see cisterns, wells already dug. They never dug them. But they are already available. We see vineyards and olive trees that were already planted. Are you listening to me? Could it be that somebody has been waking up 5 a.m. every morning for the last 20 years thinking they are building their dream, but only God setting you up for you to possess and enter? Could it be? Because those of you who have read the book, you know who prepared these things. The Canaanites. 
God has this dynamic of going ahead of us and preparing the things. And I believe the reason we are seeking the Lord in season 21 is about time we entered everything God has prepared. Deuteronomy 7, Deuteronomy 8, beg your pardon, Deuteronomy 8 and verses 7 to 10. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land of brooks, of fountains and springs, flowing out in the valleys and hills, a land of wheat and barley, of vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive trees and honey, a land in which you will eat bread without scarcity. In which you will lack nothing. Underline that. In which you lack nothing. A land whose stones are iron. And out of whose hills you can dig copper. And you shall eat and be full. And you shall bless the Lord your God. For the good land he has given you. I don't want to force anybody tonight. Or to suggest anything. But where we are going is eating business. Not, 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 not blending things and drinking them in glasses as juices. It is eating business. Tell your neighbor the Bible talks about eating and being full. I'm not suggesting anything. I'm just interpreting scripture. God goes ahead of us and he prepares stuff. This scripture must bless your heart. Look at Psalm 31 and verses number 19. Psalm 31 and verses number 19. He says, oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you and worked for those who take refuge in you. In the sight of the children of mankind. Underline the four things the psalmist is talking about. Number one, abundant goodness. Abundant goodness. Tell your neighbor, God understands English. And tell them he uses it well. Underline that abundant goodness. Friends, we are about to enter a season of abundant goodness. Abundant goodness. Abundant goodness. Why? Because in essence, God is good. God is good and his love endures forever. Abundant goodness. Number two, he says that he has stored it up. Stored it up. Friends, it is true that there are storehouses in the realm of God where things are stored up. And we can't wait until we go over there to receive what has been stored up. Many of the things God has stored up for you cannot be afforded even by your pocket size. And yet you are going to have them. Because you have stored them up. They have been waiting for 40 years, some of you. 30 years, some of you. Some of them, 150 years. Many of you have read the book, Isaiah 45. A prophecy is given over Cyrus. Bible scholars say 150 years before he's born. 
that kind of power and victory, capacity to triumph in battles was waiting for him. He simply walked into it. Stored up. Number three, he says that he has worked out. Whatever God stores up, he works it out. So what we call a miracle is not new. Come on. It's something that has been in the waiting. But how does the Lord release it? According to the scripture, he works it out. But it has been stored up. But he works it out. How? Publicly. Because he says, number four, in the sight of mankind. Tell three people, get ready for a public miracle. Did they believe? Did they understand what you're saying? How many of you know that there comes a time when you can no longer hide a pregnancy? There comes a time when the pregnancy goes before you. Tell another three people, get ready for a public miracle. Hallelujah. My friends, listen to me. I'm preaching something I'm contending for. I'm preaching something I'm contending for. I'm contending for the realization and the fullness of everything stored up for us that we shall stand in it 2019. Somebody shout hallelujah. Friends, walk with me. I'm going to give you several examples in scripture. And I'm going to begin with Israel. Psalm 105, verses number 17 to 23. Psalm 105, 17 to 23. He sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. His feet were hot with fetters. His neck was put in a collar of iron until what he had said came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him, the king sent, and released him. The ruler of the people set him free. He made him lord over his house and a ruler of his possessions to bind his princes, another version says senators, at his pleasure, and to teach his elders wisdom. Then Israel came to Egypt. Jacob sojourned in the land of Ham. Now we don't know how many years Joseph was in prison before these guys showed up. Many of us would know that it took about 13 to 15 years, maximum 17, for the dreams he had seen when he was a child for them to be realized. But we don't know when this family showed up. But according to scripture, the God who prepares our future sent a man ahead of them. Chances are that there are men and women that have been sent before you. In different places this year, you are about to connect with them. But I want you to see and notice this abundant goodness that God had long prepared for them. 
Genesis 45. I'm reading from verses number 8. Genesis 45, verses number 8. These are the words of Joseph. He says, so it was not you who sent me here, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of his house and the ruler over all the land of Egypt. He says, hurry and go to my father and say to him, that says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all Egypt. Come down to me and do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near me. You and your children and your children's children and your flock and your herds and all that you have. There I will provide for you for there are yet five years of famine to come so that you and your households and all that you have do not come to poverty. And now your eyes see and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it's my mouth that speaks to you. You must tell my father of all the honor in Egypt and of all that you have seen. Hurry and bring my father down here. Then he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. Benjamin wept upon his neck. And he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. After that, his brothers talked with him. Verse 16. When the report was heard in Pharaoh's house, Joseph's brother have, Joseph's brother have come. It pleased Pharaoh and his servants. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, Said to your brothers, Do this, load your beasts and go back to the land of Canaan. And take your father and your households and come to me and I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you shall eat the fat of the land. Underline that. Eat the fat of the land. 19. And you, Joseph, are commanded to say, do this, take wagons from the land of Egypt for your little ones and for your wives and bring your father and come. Underline verses 20. Have no concern for your goods, for the best of all the land of Egypt is whose? Is yours. Reflecting the abundant goodness. Psalm 31, 19 says, Oh, how abundant is your goodness, which you have stored up. Years ago, the Lord had sent a man ahead of them to prepare such an abundance. Can you imagine that God is about to release a miracle and open a door for you that is going to be sufficient for your children and your children's children? Super abundant. That's the accurate interpretation of scripture. Example number two. This name is a little tricky for those of us born in Buganda. Mephibosheth. <laughs> Mephi. Can we go with Mephi? That, that, that's cool and easy. Let's go for Mephi. Second Samuel chapter 9. I know you've heard this, you know, many people preach about the love of God, the grace of God in this scripture. But I want you to look for the super abundance, abundant goodness. And David said, is there still anyone left of the house of Saul that I may show him kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now there was a servant of the house of Saul whose name was Ziba. And they called him to David. And the king said unto him, are you Ziba? And he said, I am your servant. And the king said, is there not still someone of the house of Saul that I may show the kindness of God to him? Ziba said to the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is crippled in his feet. And the king said unto him, where is he? And Ziba said, 
the king, he is in the house of Michal, the son of Amiel at Lodabar. Then King David sent and brought him from the house of Michal, the, of the son of Amiel at Lodabar. And Mephibosheth, the son of Jonathan, son of Saul, came to David and fell on his face and paid homage. And David said, Mephibosheth, he answered, Behold, I am your servant. And David said to him, Do not fear, for I will show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. And I will restore to you all the land of Saul, your father. And you shall eat at my table always. And he paid homage and said, What is your servant that you should show regard for a do dead dog such as I? Then the king David called Ziba, Saul's servant, and said unto him, All that belong to Saul and to his household have given to your master's grandson. And you and your sons and your servants shall till the land for him and shall bring in the produce that your master's grandson may have bread to eat. But Mephibosheth, your, your master's grandson, shall always eat at my table. Now Ziba had 15 sons and 20 servants. I want you to just understand, try to imagine the kind of abundance, abundant goodness that this young man is walking into. You have read his story. That after Saul is killed and his sons, the maid runs with this young man and in a hurry he drops him and he breaks both of his legs and is hidden away, tucked away somewhere behind there. Lord ever meaning unpleasant place. He's in this unpleasant environment. And yet the goodness of the Lord can locate you no matter where you are. Tell your neighbor you're about to be located. But listen to this. This is where I want to come to. When was this goodness prepared? Long before he was born. First Samuel chapter 20. First Samuel chapter 20. Verses number 12 to 17. And Jonathan said to David, The Lord, the God of Israel, be witness. When I have sounded out my, my father about the time tomorrow or third day, behold, if he is well disposed towards David, shall I not then send and disclose it to you? But should it please my father to do you harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan, and more also, if I do not disclose it to you, and send you away, that you may go in safety. Listen to this now. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. If I'm still alive, listen, show me the steadfast love of the Lord that I may not die. And do not cut off your steadfast love from my house when forever. When the Lord cuts off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David saying, may the Lord take vengeance on David's enemies. And Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him. For he loved him as he loved his soul. Friends, notice this. When you go to 2 Samuel 9 where we read first, David uses these two words. I want to show him God's kindness. Because in the covenant it was there. Long before Matthew is born. And then he shows him his love. Because in the covenant was, he was, it was there. 
Long before even Jonathan got married, these words were there. Stored up, prepared for Murphy to walk into one day. The things that God has long prepared. And friends, that's why we are taking off these 21 days. Because there are things, there are doors that have been waiting for you to enter them. There are places that have been waiting for you to stand in them. There are positions of elevation that have been in waiting for you to occupy them. Listen, there are anointings, there are miraculous powers that have been waiting for you to walk in them. I don't know where I was preaching, whether Burundi or Rwanda recently, but I was there and I told them my story. For many years, I interpreted for Pastor Robert Kayanja. And uh, we flew into Nairobi, 1996. Uh, I didn't interpret because I don't know Swahili, but I preached. <laughs> and then we flew into Entebbe. I interpreted for him. We went to Busia. I interpreted for him. And then I just watched the guy as I interpreted how we did things. Say, so everybody with a deaf ear, stand up. Everybody with a blind eye, stand up. And then he prayed for them. And there were results. And then I waited for an opportune time to simply walk into this by trying it out. So one day I'm in Nebi, and I say, everybody with a deaf ear, sir. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Do you know what the deaf ears did? They opened. I simply walked into grounds that had been prepared. I didn't even feel anything. I just remembered what he does. Of course, I couldn't imitate him much because I'm short and he's a little tall. Somebody say hallelujah. And since then, I never turned back. I really believe their anointings, their prophetic graces, their dimensions of prospery that has been that have been waiting for you. That's why we seek God to enter the things that the Lord has prepared. Isaiah twenty-five and verses number one. Isaiah twenty-five and verses number one. He says, "O oh Lord." You are my God. I'll exalt you and I'll praise your name. For you have done wonderful things. Listen. Plans formed of old. Faithful and sure. What has he done? Wonderful things. Powerful things. Incredible things. Breathtaking things. Mesmerizing things. Bamboozling things. You have done wonderful things. From where? From plans formed of old. And he says these things are faithful and true. Those of you in Nadia, you don't know the meaning of that. Let me help you, the one from Natete. Because, yes, last night I told you Natete is the capital city of Uganda. You remember that? And you know the reason I said that? Because of the freedom. Because that Cows range free in the middle of the highways. I'm going to teach you about cows. Cows have no reverse gear. 
They're like the train. It just goes on like that. That's why you have to watch and stop. Because it, for it, it keeps on coming. And God says in 2019, there are miracles that are sure and true. They are coming. They are headed your way. Things that are stored up, they are faithful and sure. They are going to keep on coming until the 31st of December. Somebody say hallelujah. For you have done wonderful things. Plans formed of old. Faithful and sure. God says these things he has prepared for you. Whatever happens, they are going to happen to you. They are going to come to you. That's the meaning of this scripture. And prayer, seeking God, is the way we enter the things that have long been prepared. I'll give you two more examples. The first one is that of Mordecai. You read about Mordecai? You read the fact that one time the signet ring that was on Haman's finger came on the finger of Mordecai. The house that Haman used to occupy came to be occupied by Mordecai. And all the things that this guy was walking into were there when he was still a gate man. Were there when he was still putting on backcloth. Or whatever they call it. Is it backcloth or sackcloth? In Buganda they call it backcloth. In Hebrew they call it sackcloth. The house was waiting for him. The signet ring was waiting for him. The position of power was there for him. The gallows were waiting for his enemy, not him. But what activated them? The day Esther told them, enter three days of prayer and fasting and seek God on my behalf. That is what opened up the things toward for him and the things toward for the Jews. And they entered it. It's such a strong reason for us to seek the face of God. To position ourselves so that we can enter the things that are long prepared. Second example, which I believe will be my last one tonight. Is that of Jehoshaphat. Hmm? Second Chronicles 20 and verses 25. Second Chronicles 20 and verses 25. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take the spoil they found among them in great numbers, goods, clothing, precious things, which they took for themselves until they could carry no more. Why? There were three days in taking the spoil. It was so much. Abundant goodness. They walked into the battlefield afraid only to land on a spoil. They couldn't exhaust. Abundant goodness. And the question is, how do they come to enter this thing that had been prepared? Again, you go to your Bible in the same chapter, uh, Second Chronicles. Let's go there quickly. Second Chronicles chapter 20 and uh, verses number 1. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites 
with them, some of the Meunites came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, a great multitude is coming against you from Edom and from beyond the sea. And behold, they are in Hazazon Tamar, that is Engedi. Then Jehoshaphat was afraid and did what? Set his face to seek the Lord and proclaimed the first vow to all Judah. For, and Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. And from all the cities of Judah they came to seek the Lord. Five, and Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new court. So when they seek the Lord, that which has been long stored up begins to open up for them. Yesterday I came with a, a pastor, you remember? Pastor Joshua Mukisa, the one I told you of about the witch doctor. Now this guy has been struggling in life for years. He says to me there were times as a family, all they did was to boil water and drink for three days. Because they didn't even have money for posho. Three years ago, maybe two years ago, he came to visit with me for the first time. A church and he's told me his story whatever that he was going through and I said Joshua the Lord is asking you to wait upon him for two months pray and fast and wait upon him something is going to break loose in your life and he took it seriously he goes back home he tells the, the wife I'm entering a 40 day fast I'll eat nothing I'll just be drinking I'm not coming back home you always come and greet me from church that's what he did at the end of the 40 days, that's when God began to turn things around. I don't know how the connection happened. But there is a white lady in America by the name of Julie connected with Joshua. And the white lady said, God is telling me to take care of your family. Not your ministry, but your family. So she begins to parent. She begins to, to send monies for food. This is what he told me recently when we went to Changkwanzi to preach. He drove me to Changkwanzi. And he told me that, James, I'm seeing things I'd never dreamt of in my life. I said, what have you ever dreamt of? He said, having birthdays for my children. <laughs> he says this dear lady. Ask him, when, when is the birthday of your children? He says, such and such a day. He said, for that one, I want you to have the birthday party in the zoo. And so he sends $200, $300 for a birthday party. And then he sends another one. The, the, the most recent one happened in the village. Because that's where Julie was suggesting to have it there. Everything paid for. A person who, how do you waste money on birthday when you don't have lunch money or supper money? Myself and Paul, when we grew up, nobody celebrated no birthday. Actually, we used to remember that it was our birthday four days after. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, that's life motto. <laughs> Joshua told me that over Christmas, Julie called apologetically and said, I'm sorry, but I wonder whether $300 will be enough for Christmas. And I said, what? He said, she said $300 apologetically. 
Tell your neighbor, let them apologize. To bless you. Come on, look into the eyes of your neighbor and say, let them apologize. To bless you. We need to close in the most sweet spot. Ephesians 2 and verses number 10. Ephesians 2 and verses number 10. Powerful scripture. He says, for we are his workmanship. Created in Christ Jesus. For what? For good works. Which God prepared beforehand. That what? I didn't hear you. That what? That is what I want you to believe this year. Every good work prepared ahead of time. That you walk into it. Me and you know that on the day we got saved, we walked into an unbelievable ocean of forgiveness. It wasn't opened up the day we got saved. It was long prepared. And on the day we got born again, we walked into this unbelievable ocean of forgiveness. The reason we are here tonight because he keeps on forgiving us. On the day we got born again, we are given a very expensive, spotless, linen garment of his righteousness. It wasn't prepared the day I got saved. It was prepared at Calvary over 2,000 years ago. When I got saved, I walked into it. On the day you got saved, you entered into a formidable partnership with the creator of the universe. And that partnership is executed by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Tell your neighbor, you are not alone. Your father is with you. On the day you got born again, you are given a privilege of enjoying a never dying experience of the joy of the Holy Ghost. It was long prepared before you got born again. And I want to close tonight by saying, there is more. There is more. There are things that are higher. There are things that are brighter. There are things that are greater. There are things that are sweeter. That have long been prepared. Long before you got born again. And God wants you to walk into them. The first scripture I read. 1 Corinthians 2. 9-10 to it says. But as it is written. One no eye has seen. No ear heard. No heart imagined. What God has prepared for those who love him. 14 years ago, I was preaching in London, in Bromley, a white suburb. I was preaching in this white church. And uh, the pastor took me into his home. And I slept upstairs. And, uh, and, uh, and fresh from Natete, by the way. <laughs> and uh, so I slept. Switched on every light and I slept. I don't know what happened. I twisted my hand and knocked something and the light came on. I jumped out of my bed. And I looked at the light. It's sensitive to touch. I never knew things like that. So I came slowly. 
And I touched it and it went off. I touched it, it came on. I touched it, it went off. I touched it. Nsabye katondo mwaka guno na wokora amalo. Somebody say hallelujah. <laughs> Tell your neighbor there is more. Tell him there is more, that's why we pray. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 3, verses number 12 to 15. Philippians 3, 12 to 15. He says, None that I've already obtained this, or I'm already perfect. Listen to this. But I press on to make it what? My own. I press it on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. There are things we are pressing on to make our own. They are long prepared. They are stored up. It is our inheritance as children of God. But we are saying 2019 we are walking into this fullness of everything stored up. He says, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal of the price of upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Then he said, let those of us who are mature think this way. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true what? We have attained. There is more. And friends, when you seek the Lord, what happens? One, Corinthians says, these things are revealed to you by the Spirit. In the times when I'm seeking the Lord, every dream I've ever had comes alive. Every prophetic word I've ever received comes alive. Holy convictions that God has given me to enter into as my inheritance, they come alive. Because when you seek the Lord, he begins to reveal the things. Because when you seek the Lord, the fears and the doubts dwindle. And faith comes alive in you. You begin to see your promised city. You begin to see your promised heights. Friends, when you seek the Lord, you are empowered to call those things forth. There is a command that comes into your voice. And the things that have been far away from you, you summon them to come. Jeremiah 33, 3, call upon me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you know was known. Did you know that as you seek the Lord, your voice becomes a commanding voice and you begin to call them forth. Friends, when you seek the Lord, you position yourself not to miss what God is giving you. Are you listening to me? You remember that Joshua, whenever Moses prayed, he tarried in the presence of the Lord. That's why leadership couldn't miss him. You remember Simeon, 
waited in that place of seeking the Lord. And in the spirit, it was revealed to him that will not die until he sees the Lord's Christ. He enters into the temple the moment Jesus is coming into the temple. He says, Lord, now dismiss your servant in peace. Why? Because my eyes have seen your salvation. In the place of waiting on God, you don't miss whatever is intended for you. The disciples were waiting in the upper room. The spirit of God stormed the room where they were. And it was like a mighty wind, rushing wind came where they were. Because whenever you are in the place of waiting, nothing will miss you. Tell your neighbor, this year, my miracle will not go to my neighbor's home. When you seek the Lord, you position yourself for the impartation you require. God is calling us into greater things. But the way we are born and formed and raised, we are lacking in capacity to handle the things where God is calling us to. What happens as you wait upon him? Impartation of what is lacking in your life is released. So Joshua receives an impartation of wisdom, of leadership. Solomon receives an impartation of wisdom. The disciples receive an impartation of dunamis, that they may be witness. Anything you are lacking in is joining you in this season 21. We pray, we seek the Lord so that we enter the things that God has prepared. I can hear the sound of a new generation. Thank you for listening to this teaching. We hope that you've been blessed by the Worship Harvest Sermon Series. For more teachings and other resources, visit www.worshipharvest.org or call 0393-281-555. That is 0393-281-555.